0: Hello everyone and welcome to strong mind strong body let's just say that you're not google and you're not apple but you are a small business and you're sometimes wondering what about me how do i upscale my business practices what would be a creative way to do that and maybe ai isn't one of the first things that comes to your mind when you consider creative ways to expand your coaching and training practice But I think today might make you rethink AI as a potential strategy that you could leverage your these practices to increase your business productivity so i'm angie miller this is strong mind strong body and today we're talking about how to make ai work for you the small business owner or large business owner so my guest is henry hayes he is the ceo and co-founder of disrupt ready and henry is my everything go-to guy when it comes to ai so come on in and introduce yourself henry
1: Hey, Andrew, it's great to be with you again. Uh, this yeah. is uh, exciting, fun stuff to talk about. We talked about the macro last time. Now we're going to get in the micro of really helping um, what I call the little guy run to the front of the line here. So that's always gets me jazzed up.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's what matters most, right? Is that it's one thing to know the textbook knowledge of what something is. It's another thing where we're standing back here going, yes, but how can it help me? How does it apply to me? And how can it increase my productivity and my revenue? And I know, to your point, that's what gets you excited. Even when you and I first met and we talked on the phone, I got excited through you about what AI could do for my business. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about um, a lot of wellness coaches. Trainers, they're working off of a small business model. They're working off of passion and perseverance and tenacity. And what they really want is to make a difference one person at a time. And when you're a one person show, that can get really exhausting. You're your marketing, your PR, your accountant, your FaceTime with your clients. You are everything. And by the end of the day, it's like, I don't have anything left. So why don't we talk about, I know you have a model that you use to work with small business owners. Do you want to kind of introduce that model? And then we'll talk about the steps that you, you suggest.
1: Sure. Let's, let's take a level up for a second, Angie. And I want people to understand what you just said is right. Meaning small business owner wears five hats, right? That that's just, that's how it's been. And at the end of the day, that hat rack in the corner of your office, is full. And you, you're even when successful, you're thinking, I just don't have any more margin. I don't have any more minutes or hours in the day. But if I did, dot, 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 what would happen? Well, that is now. AI can be your new hat rack, so to speak. Meaning, if you pop the hood and really take time to diagnose what those tasks look like and how you're doing that, how much time you're taking, chances are better than not that a majority of those can be automated and or outsourced to an AI work stream. And the great news here, Angie, is this technology is affordable and it's getting cheaper. So now is the time for your small business owners who wanna grow to really get in this game, begin to learn and then pilot these things because once they do, you're gonna have a, a snowball rolling downhill and they'll never go back to doing some of the things they did before ever again.
0: Mm. Well, and you know, you had me at by the you know there's too many hats hanging on the hat rack, and you're exhausted, and and you've got nothing left to give. So you're saying, can they be automated? Can they be outsourced to AI? And I think every one of us out here is probably like, well, sure. Tell me about that. So would I be just um, would I be taking away all the energy if I said, when you tell me it's affordable right now? Talk to me about what affordable is because everyone has a different opinion. What is affordability?
1: For your listeners and the viewers, Angie, who who have not tried AI, okay, and that's a healthy number, you can get a chat GPT premium account for $20 a month. So I, I think rel- relative to the business spend, if you're if you have your own business and it's an LLC and you have business or business expenditure. $20 a month to get into the game is pretty cheap. Now, what does that get you? That means you have a guaranteed place in ChatGPT's bandwidth line because there's a lot of folks around the world using this. And from time to time, if you're using the free service, it will tell you um, you, you have to come back because it doesn't have time for you. So that $20 gets you a guaranteed place in that line. So that's a great place to start. There are other copyright LOms large language models. I use one called Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, AI, which is an anthropic product, probably a little bit more than I use ChatGPT for copyright. And that's free as well. So just laps around the track, Angie, if you will, on those two copyright AI products will get you started. And then as you go deeper, obviously the, the cost changes, but Here's, here's a great way to think about cost. Once you see the value in what this can create specifically for a small business that needs to be 10 times louder and bigger than it looks, you begin to say, we can't afford not to do this. And this, um, I firmly know to be true, done the right way.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, when you said $20 a month, I, my, my mind went, okay. Okay right? So you're talking less than a dollar a day. So my mind went, well, if it delivers everything you're promising, then $20 a month is, is four cups of Starbucks coffee, if I'm lucky. So, um, I always remind clients too to remember that, like, think about where your money is going and what is the return on your investment. My coffee is the return on my investment is about five minutes of joy. So, um, and maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of an energy boost, but <laughs> so, right. Um, So you have a model that you follow to help get started. Let's kind of deep dive into that a little bit at a time.
1: And let me give your viewers context. So look, the Pfizer's, the Procter & Gamble's, the big companies uh, in America, they're going to have the exposure to the big consultants to get this going. Well, what about the 95% rest of us, right? And that's why we thought about building these four kind of foundational thinking approaches to how you can use artificial intelligence. And so that's, we've specifically designed this approach for that group. Um, And I have a heart for small business myself. And so that's the context behind this. So the first would be when you're a small business, you have to think about how you enhance your customer experience. And this has more to do with disruption and a little less to do with artificial intelligence, Angie, but listen, let's be real. When we're hard-pressed to figure out what we wouldn't get dropped on our doorstep via Amazon delivery. The bar needs to be raised in any sort of human touch to a customer. That's fair to say. Uh, Again, we're to the point now where you'd be hard-pressed to say, I wouldn't get dot, dot, dot delivered than than say I would, meaning a lot of things are coming to our homes, and we like the convenience of that. So the return of serve for when you touch your customer has got to be Like I said, white glove, five star, because that's what we're expecting. And so um, a great way to step into thinking how can AI help you is enhancing that customer experience. And then a sublet of that is thinking about where does your customer wait? So if I want to be a new client with Angie Miller, let's start at the very beginning. I don't know Angie. She comes into my world somehow. And boom, I'm interested right there. How quickly do you get to Henry Hayes? And then how quickly do you get him to being a paid customer on the backside? I guarantee you, if we if we kind of unroll that king toes, we're going to find two or three or four periods where we can speed that up. And we can do it in a personalized way that me as the potential customer would enjoy. And so that's an awesome way to think about enhancing customer experience. Think about this, Angie, when the big hotel chains went from Us waiting in the long line where you're kind of doing this, you know, you get off your plane, you got your bags and it's four or five people deep. And now you go straight to your room and open your key with the key on your phone, right? That's relieving that customer wait time, right? And we all have that in our business. So that's a really good way to begin to think about how do you enhance that customer experience? Um, And so that's number one. Number two is what we call making data driven decisions. So Angie Miller LLC has expenditure right in your business. And so a lot of times as a small business, we go on our gut and most of the times that serve you well, a lot of small business folks, that's a strength. I would say, great, keep that, but add the augmentation of AI to kind of reinforce that gut or every now and then say, oh, okay, we didn't see that data point. Um, we're going to steer clear of that gut decision um, going forward. This is going to be really, it's only going to get more pronounced in our business work streams. So you might as well get used to it now. Angie, if you've seen the movie um, Iron Man, there's a, there's a Jarvis character that plays Tony Stark's kind of uh, avatar. And he, he speaks to Jarvis and they have a relationship and he trusts Jarvis. Well, that's actually we we are getting closer to that, where you'll wear something in your ear in in shorter time than you think, Angie, and it'll say to you in a very pleasant voice, You're running low on two percent milk. Would you like me to reorder? And you'll say, sure, because you trust that person. That person is essentially an extension of you. And then that milk will be delivered. And it's just it's one less thing to do in your mind, right? Okay. So you begin so in- with, yeah.
0: Let me let me pause for a minute there before you go into the other ones, because I know that for those of us who are so intrigued by this, a little recap I think is really helpful. The first thing you said is enhanced customer experience. And I like that because you use the analogy that we're such an automated society. We're so used to getting things quickly and we're so used to Um, You know, Amazon's turnaround. Gosh, here in Charlotte, I can order something and I get it by that afternoon. So as a small business owner, how do you kind of match that type of, of customer service? And one of the things you talked about is where do your clients wait and how do you bridge that gap between this is a potential client this is now your client. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is a long distance between that. And if you could bridge that gap for some of us and you could help us find a way to take that client from maybe to absolutely sure. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing you mentioned was making data-driven decisions. And that is how do you as a small business owner, use your gut but also with your gut, make sure that you're following the data and that you're being sensical about this decision. Did I recap those well?
1: Yeah, no, those are perfect.
0: Okay. So I kind of wanted to, you know, do that. And then I'm going to turn it back over to you, but I want to make sure everyone's kind of following along. And especially if they're just coming on, they're catching all the information.
1: Yep. Yeah. So two, two more kind of foundational buckets that we, we really recommend you look into in trying to make AI work for you. Um, The third would be kind of automating those repetitive tasks week over week in your business. For instance, if you have a plan on how you communicate with potential current customers, vendors, et cetera, um, even a human on our best day. um, Angie might have had a great day, netted a few new clients, and then she just forgot that she skipped that communication piece. Hey, thank you for coming aboard. Making it personalized, you just you just forgot. It's a great example of AI. Kit it'll never forget. And once we set the business rules, you not only can rest assured that that's going to get delivered, but it can be delivered, Angie, in a tone that is very very personal to me. I always uh, have a saying that we don't want to, we don't want to send a, a pound cake to a type one diabetic in this business, right? Meaning, hey you're trying to reach out with context, but you just kind of miss because it's the, you know, it's the laser printed business card you get from your financial planner, which right idea, but there's not a lot of personalization to that. With this technology, that's out the window. The only limit here will be how deep do you want to go? How many different micro campaigns of people do you want to speak to in their voice? So it's a great example of, but they probably more rep- repetitive tasks than you think, especially when it comes to searching for new business. And then when you put your finger on that, there's a high degree of probability that you can much more efficiently uh, put an A out to do that for you. So that's number three. And then the okay. last one, and the one we're probably the most excited about, especially for small business would be just good old fashioned personalized marketing. So I mentioned everyone's on the chase for their next customer. Right. And whether it's a content driven approach or, you know, cold reach outs or all the different ways that you can get people into your funnel. This is where artificial intelligence can have the biggest effect, because like I just said, you can customize voices and specific messages down to specific pieces of your product, which appeal to potential people that you want to do your world. And here's the great thing about this. The more you can, this is called A-B testing, Angie, meaning message A and message B, which are close, but they're different. And then we just look at the data, which is more responsive and why. And then it gets really interesting when you start to add more than just two um, because the market will tell you what's bearing out and and the data leads the decision. Um, But then think about this. If I asked you, Angie, um, tell me roughly, how many customers are in your world right now? How many do you have in your universe? Have done business with you, currently doing business with you? Give me a rough number.
0: The, uh, it, me personally? Over the years? Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. I, 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 I don't know. I What's that? 500, 100, 250? Um, I guess it depends on if you're talking about the clients I've worked with in mental health attitude, the clients I've worked with in coaching attitude, say a thousand.
1: Okay. Let's say a thousand. Let me ask you this. What is your plan to communicate with those thousand? And I ask that because I can tell you're very personable. You have a warmth about you. I would guess most of those folks would like to hear from you, but guess what happens? Busy business leader. Angie is looking more this way than this way. And so we tend to forget those folks behind us. So we can create campaigns that dive into all 1,000 of those people with context. So again, Angie's not sending the pound cake to the type one diabetic. She's saying this group she met at a conference two summers ago. This group lives on the East Coast. This group is not American. This group's under the age of 30. All these different variables, then AI can really begin to contextualize what their experiences were, and then how you communicate to them um, based on that. So it just gets you to areas that y- you can get to, but you just don't have that kind of time. And then like so, I said, yeah, good.
0: So Henry, I'm going to pause for a minute and I want to first just reset so that if people are just coming in. So I'm talking to Henry Hayes. My name is Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. Henry is the CEO and co-founder of Disrupt Ready. We're talking about how AI can work for you. If you're not Google or Apple or a huge corporation, you're not a big pharmaceutical company, how do you as a small business owner, as a wellness coach or a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor who works with clients in, in small groups, how do you reach your customer? How do, you, how do you improve business practices, drive more revenue, and do it more efficiently? And I think that's what every small business owner wants to know. So Henry's already given us a few tips. He's talked about enhancing the customer experience. He's talking about making data-driven decisions. And then, Henry, the last two, excuse me, you're talking about automating repetitive tasks. And that's where you really have me, is that email marketing was the first thing that came to my mind, was, oh my gosh, if I didn't, do you know how many marketing people are out there? And I'm not, I hope there's not a marketing person listening right now who's going to be offended, but it is quite expensive if you've ever looked into getting help with your email campaigns. It is, it is quite expensive. And for some of us, it's almost cost prohibitive. And so what I hear you say is, hey Angie, what if it's not cost prohibitive? What if you're gonna do some work on the front end But then AI is going to pick up where you left off and ultimately it's going to save you so much time. And then you got to personalized marketing. And so I think you were going to expound on that. So I'm going to turn it back over to you. That's an excellent
1: recap. A couple more things that you said that I want to jump on. The weird, well, I guess it's an unintended effect, Angie is. So there's a reason that that kind of, email approach is a little bit of throwing mud against the wall and see what sticks. But let's face it, you don't really have permission, quote unquote, from the people that you're emailing, typically. That changes, th- this changes that. Um, now, where where that comes, boomerang back to your clients, your, your um, peers, right? Because they have a role in this too. You have to, typically, most of them do not generate enough content. That's number one. And number two, it's not niche enough, because when you get niche enough, what that's going to do is, I've always said this, and especially in what you do, everyone's got a tribe, right? And the more you can define what that tribe is, what what it looks like, what are the components of that tribe, when you start talking about smart mind, smart body, there are so many ways to get into that. That's going to make these AI systems even smarter because it's going to go for the niche, And if you think about it, there are those people out there, we just haven't been able to get to them. And we're trying to yell at everyone with this big megaphone and no wonder it doesn't work. Because by the time you drive from here to the airport, you've been bombarded with a thousand messages which didn't have your permission. And so I would say the way this thing is really tied nicely is the small business owner, he or she gets really good at telling what is that particular story. And when you could figure that out, AI I could take you to places that you simply you wouldn't have been able to, to have gotten to yourself um, more efficiently, more productively. And then inevitably, it makes you more revenue.
0: Hmm. You know, I'm I'm super intrigued and I know Henry's already promised me uh, some firsthand lessons. So um, question for you. You know, this sounds so good, almost too good to be true right mm-hmm. i'm my mind is going a million miles an hour because if i'm terrible at anything i'm terrible at the nuances of maintaining communication getting that email getting those email campaigns out staying consistent with my customer I get hijacked constantly. I, I'm always in these squirrel moments. And then this takes over and this takes over. And <laughs> and uh, people say, well, you know, it's about priorities. Mm, yes and no. There's only so much of us to go around and prioritize all you will. Life is just life. And so to do that work on the front end and get AI to think for me, hmm, sounds pretty good. Um, what do you think, if you had to estimate, time up front. So you're saying to somebody, okay, you're going to get those email campaigns out. They're going to be targeted. They're going to be niche to your customer. They're going to reach them. They're going to resonate. What's that going to take for me on the front end? Am I going to take two weeks off work and just deep dive eight hours a day? What's it going to take?
1: That's a really good question. So I would put that back on you and say, what is your business outcome? What, What do you intend to happen? And that's, we build all the things that, that we've spoken of, Angie, we build them. And so when we sit down with a customer, if it's you, we'll say, okay, Angie, let's talk about desired business outcome. And then once we know that as specific as we can get, we'll work backwards. Um, and that's typically how these things work. Because when you put your finger on what you desire as an outcome, then that's there's transparency in that alignment. And then we work to that. And I think when humans see that working with less of their time, that's when this gets really, really interesting. So look, there's two camps here that are quickly developing. Camp one is that people that have the technical skill to write in what's called Python. Python's the code that most of these AI large language models are built. Okay, that's one group of society. Most of us are over here, meaning that's not going to be our skill set, nor, nor do we want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and that's fine. But I would push the group that's non-technical related, you need to become what I call four paragraphs deep in getting your head around what this is, where it comes from, and how to use. In other words, I don't want you to build this, but I want to teach you to use this. Because when I can, you're going to become dangerous, right? And so I think it's a level of education to where you see, okay, I got it, the light bulb just turned on. And then you start to pilot, right? And that's when the magic starts to happen. So that's that's the way I would look at. Um, I don't think it's a pres- prescribed two weeks per se, but there will come a time when you'll get bit by the bug and go, "Oh, I didn't know it was that powerful."
0: Hmm. Okay. What did you call it? Four layer. What did you? What was your term for that?
1: Um, which one?
0: When you said I call it, you you have to get something deep, and what well, you oh, had a term. Yeah, it's it's it's
1: four paragraphs deep. In other words, Angie and him, you're never gonna code for Python, but we can take four paragraphs of learning of this AI, and, and we do these seminars, you know, all the time. Because look, here's the, if you level up, Angie, to the bigger businesses, here's their problem. No one's gonna have the time, the money, or the engineering resources to build this themselves. No one. I don't care how big you are. how much money you have you'll be behind the curve your technology will be older and it'll cost you so if that's the case even the big boys need to get very adept at their executive team having four paragraphs deep of understanding of what this is because the winners and losers will have great conversations with third parties on either partnerships or alliances right but if you don't have that understanding it's like saying henry and andrew are going to go open up um a location for you in Brazil and none of us speak Portuguese. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> so right off the bat, we're beholden to some folks that speak Portuguese. That's a bad exposed position to be in business. So everyone kind of needs to get just deep enough to where it's like, okay, I, I don't get a lot of the technical stuff, but I understand the macro and the micro themes here. And here's where we're putting this to work under our own roof.
0: Yeah. Well, and you're right, just enough to be dangerous. You don't have to, to build the phone, but learning about some of the nuances of how you would is going to be very, very helpful. Um, Henry, I think this has been invaluable information. And before we go, I want our listeners to know how to reach you. For instance, if they wanted to take one of those workshops that you're talking about, how do they get a hold of you so that they can learn more about this? Yeah.
1: So our website's DisruptReady.com, and the name is implied, like disruption is coming. Are you ready? And that's, we did that on purpose. Um, so DisruptReady.com is a great way to, to, to connect with us. I'm at Henry at DisruptReady.com, and I'm on LinkedIn at Henry Hayes. Um, and we are really, I feel like a little bit, Angie, I, I, I'm a little bit like Paul Revere <laughs> beating my horse to say, guys, I've seen the whites of their eyes, the British are coming, but this is faster. And so I really do enjoy opening people's eyes to, like what we've done in the last two episodes. What is this, where does it come from? Why should I not be afraid of it? And then how do I step into it? So we, I love doing that day in, day out. Please reach out to me if I can help. And um, because the quicker you get in this race, the better. And so that's, um, that's what we do.
0: Well, and I love your excitement because I think that passion and excitement um, and and I guess I always look at things like, can it hurt? Can it hurt to, to learn more information? Can it hurt to have a better understanding of something that is making its mark in our world? I don't think so. I think that knowing a little bit about a lot of things is actually quite good, especially because we are customer service driven. So we're going to work with people who know about it. So- and
1: I'll leave you with one quick story that happened this week to me. So I had a, a particularly- let's say someone who was really dug in on not changing. Pro- in fact, probably one of the most on, on that side of the spectrum I've ever talked to. So I finally just said, listen, um, tell me why you don't continue to write letters. And this person kind of paused and said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, what are you saying? And I said, well, do you use email? And she said, of course I use email. And I said, well, hold on. Why don't you just still take the pen and paper and put a stamp on the, on the envelope? And she goes, well, come on. I said, no, no, no. It's exactly what we're talking about. You've chosen to step into this technological advancement called email, which today seems, of course, we do that. There's going to be a day very, very soon, Angie, where someone says, wait, you're, you're not using components of AI in your business? That's bad. And so now is the time to get in and begin the learning.
0: All right. Well, Henry, thank you so much. Thanks for your energy and excitement, your wealth of knowledge. Thanks to all of our strong mind, strong body listeners. I really appreciate you joining us learning just a little bit more about AI or actually a lot more about AI. I so appreciate you listening. Keep doing what you love and loving what you do. And we'll see you next time.